Galatians chapter 6 verses 11 to 18. Let me pray for us as we begin. Heavenly Father, be with us this morning as we look into your word. Reveal yourself to us and cause us to turn to you in faith and repentance. I pray, Lord, that indeed you would help us to come to grip, uh, to come to grip with what the message of the book of Galatians is, and also to come to grips with what it means to depend on you and not ourselves for our own salvation. Be with me now, Lord, as I speak to your people. Cause me to say things that are not planned, to say that are in line with your word. Empower me with your spirit that what I speak may be inspired, moved by him, and for the benefit of your people. I pray and ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians 6, chapter 11 to 18. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to Im impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised, that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the whole world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all of you who follow this rule to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me any trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. We are at the end of the book, and what you get to see towards this end of the book, and I think what you've been seeing throughout the book of Galatians, is that human nature has a propensity to gravitate to that which is easier and not to that which is hard. When faced with two choices, whether to do something that is easier, that is sub visible in front of you, that you can kind of see, we choose that over that which is unseen, which is hard. Human nature runs away from danger, we'll see here, and pulls towards comfort. Just like you and I, we pull our hand away when we, are, when we feel fire. It's a natural instinct, isn't it? 
We flee from disasters and war zones. We avoid conflict, at least most of us. We choose being liked over being right if being right is going to lead us not to be liked. Even with churches, we choose the easiest option. At times, it may be the one that you can walk to. At times, it may be the one that is uh, the biggest, the best, do the best music, with the best preacher, with more people that I don't necessarily, uh, that when you are there, you're not really uh, contributing much. You just sit there and enjoy the service. If you have to choose that between a small church, most of us will choose to be there and be a passive listener. It's easier for us to take the wide road and not the narrow road. It is easier for us to do what we want and not what God wants. As we talk about SCC, about, about uh, Crash's Challenge today, CCT, I hope the message of Galatians will shape our understanding of church and compel us to trust in Jesus and not take the easy way out, whatever that looks like in our context as we talk about it in the next two weeks. My hope is that what we have seen so far with the Israelites, with the church in Galatia, wanting to be like the Israelites and therefore avoid persecution for following Christ, that what we have learned from them, they are seeking comfort, they are seeking reassurance that their faith is real, and therefore wanting a sign whether it's circumcision and the keeping of certain Jewish holidays, the easier path, rather than choosing Christ, the one you know, whose followers are being persecuted, are being hunted down, are being killed, rather than choosing faith which is at times invisible, that we, like the church in Galatia, that Paul encourages that we would choose Christ, that we would choose the hard path, that we would choose to follow him, that we would choose not to rely on what is seen, but to continue to trust in Jesus. That's my hope for this morning, this morning as we get to the book of Galatians. The first thing that I wanted to see, I wanted to see there, and what Paul wanted the church in Galatia to see, was that the, what he had been saying to them was important. What he had been saying to them was important. Chapter 6, verse 11. He says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. What that says to us 
is that perhaps the, the, the person who has been writing Galatians 1, uh, you know, 1 verse 1 all the way to chapter 6 verse 10 may not have been Paul himself. It was typical practice back then that if you wanted to write an important letter that you would bring someone who is a scribe who writes well so that when you write down <coughs> your, your, your message is not distorted by your own handwriting which may be bad which may not be good. It looks like Paul has perhaps, has perhaps been using someone else to write the letter of, uh, to the churches in Galatia. But at this point, he turns his attention, he, 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 he takes the letter from the scribe and he starts writing it himself. Verses 11, he says, See, what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hands. Perhaps his writing is not as elegant as the scribe. But he wants them to see as he takes the letter from the scribe to see that this letter comes from him to authenticate it as it were. He takes it and sort of uh, writes this paragraph as sort of like a signature. But this comes from Paul himself to authenticate the message that the words of this letter are from the apostle sent by God who had come to serve not the will of man but the will of God. Perhaps they had seen his handwriting before. And now they can compare and see this is what Paul is writing, has written. So it must be important. He is writing to sort of add an emphasis. That could be another reason here. That what I'm saying to you is so important that I take the letter from whoever's writing and I put down my own handwriting that you perhaps would listen to me Paul is saying here in this section is he writes with his own hands as an apostle of Christ one who has been sent to preach the gospel to the Gentiles so therefore from verses 12 to 13 he summarizes what he has been saying uh, so far in verses 12 to, 12 to, to, to the, towards the end, actually, towards 16. Everything that Paul says here is not really new. He has said it before. Verses 12 to, to 13, he, he emphasizes that do not rely on yourself to avoid suffering but continue to trust in Christ. Look with me in verses 12. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compare you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about the circumcision in but your circumcision in 
the flesh. What he says here about what these people who are trying to compel them to be circumcised, he said it before. In chapter 1 and 2, he has said it about these people, these Judaizers. He has said it in chapter 2 when he said, even Peter was, was deceived by these people. What he says about relying on the flesh and not on the grace of God, you know what God has done? Is what you see in the previous chapter, isn't it? Especially the first half of the previous chapter in chapter 5. Calling us, calling the church in Galatia not to rely on their own works, not to rely on what they can do with their own effort, but rather to rely on the Spirit of God. To keep in step with the Spirit. To walk in step with the Spirit. And what he is, he also adds here, is that these people who are comparing the, church, the, the, the Christians in Galatia to be circumcised, is that they are doing this to avoid being persecuted for Christ. To avoid being persecuted because of you are associated with, this, with Jesus Christ who is preaching a message of subversion. Who is basically coming and is saying that everything that the Old Testament had said was pointing to himself and that he is the promised king of the Jews who has come and he and, and said destroy this temple and it will be rebuilt again on the third day those people we know from chapter 2 were persecuted Paul was among them Paul was among those who was persecuting those people so now these Judaizers these brothers who are converting Christians to go back to Judaism they are saying this so that they are not among this rebellious group. They are not among those who are, who, who, who are disturbing peace, as it were. They are saying be circumcised and keep the law so that there is no reason for you to be persecuted. You are just like the Jews who are persecuting Christians. So therefore to avoid persecution do this. Take the easy way out they are saying to them. But Paul is saying to them don't do it. Why? Because even these very people who are calling you to be circumcised they themselves don't keep the whole law. They keep a portion of the law. They are hypocrites, Paul is telling them. These people who are forcing others to live in a certain way, that they themselves are not keeping to the whole law of God. And therefore, by going back to the law, 
you are going back to a path that leads to destruction. So Paul says, reminds them here, that don't go back to it. As he said in chapter 3, that if you let yourself be circumcised, you might as well keep the whole law. And those who are calling you to be circumcised, they should go ahead and, and basically mutilate themselves. Because they are not going to benefit merely by circumcision alone. The, and the third thing that we see here is that bearing discomfort and trusting in Jesus are what, Christ, are what Christians are called to. In the first part, in, in verses 12 to 13, you are told that don't be like these people who are wanting you to keep to the law so that they may not suffer. Paul turns the, uh, to the other side of the question now. He says a Christian should, should be someone who is willing to bear the discomfort, to bear with the suffering, and trust in God. Why? Because the reward for that are far better. Verses 14 to 18. Let's look together at the first few verses. He says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This quote here is that I don't want to take pride in anything. I don't want to think that I have the assurance of salvation because of, of something that I've done. Like these people are, are encouraging them to, to do so. But I want to boast. I want to take pride in. Or in other words, the impact of this of, of verse 14 is that I want to be I want to be comforted. I want to have an assurance because of what Christ did at the cross. When he did that, when he died at the cross for the sins of the world, when he was crucified, Paul himself died as well. So a part of him that deserved death, that deserved eternal punishment, died with Christ, that he no longer lives. He lives in Christ now. He now a believer in Jesus. That this circumcision that these people are calling them into, verses 15, now the circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. What counts is what Christ has done in us through faith. 
what counts is being remade by the Spirit of God. Those, we are told in chapter 5, that those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. They have died. They have now been made anew through faith. What counts is what we are able to get because of what Christ did at the cross. Circumcision or uncircumcision means nothing. So these people who are coming to the churches, churches in Galatia and are saying to them, you need to be circumcised in order to be accepted into God's family, are misguided, Paul is saying here. But rather what they should be saying is, you need to trust in Jesus. You need to be made anew. You need to be walking by the Spirit. That's what counts. Circumcision or uncircumcision means nothing. Being Jew or Gentile means nothing. Male or female means nothing. What matters is whether you are trusting in Jesus or not trusting, just trusting in Jesus. He had put it, put it like this in chapter in the earlier portions of chapter six. Do not be deceived, he said in verse seven. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from their nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The one who sows, the one who, uh, who does what the body wants will be destroyed and the one who has the Spirit of God, who does what pleases God, who lives by faith and tends to Christ in repentance, he is the one who, have, who will have eternal life. So therefore, to the church in Galatia, they must not be deceived by these people. They should continue to rely in Christ. That's the only credential, the only uh, qualification necessary in the CV if you are applying for a job to become part of God's family is whether you have put your faith in Christ, is whether you have been made anew in Him, is whether you have walked by the Spirit and not lived according to your desires. Which is why he, in verses 18 he says, Grace, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He says, may the grace of God, which is in contrast with the works, with rule-keeping, with what you do, because grace is, what is getting something that you don't really deserve. When you are deserving to be punished, God looks in favor to you and through his spirit 
He bids you to come. That's what grace is. And you trust in Christ. You who deserved nothing. In fact, deserved, deserved to be cast away from God's presence. Now he says, this is how I want you to live, brothers and sisters. To live as the recipients of grace. To live as those who have been empowered by the Spirit of God. To walk in ways that are pleasing to God. He is effectively repeating what he has said throughout the book. He's repeating what he has said to them. That all that matters is faith in God. I want to remind us of that in chapter 3, right at the beginning. He has said to them, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you not trying to attain your goal by human effort? She's saying pretty much the same thing here. She says, Are you now going to boast? in your effort in the flesh? Are you now going to think that God is going to accept you because you have been circumcised or you are keeping to these Jewish uh, laws? Or are you going to continue to rely on Christ as the only means for your salvation? He has said it that all who rely in chapter 3, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it, is, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So he's saying to them, are you going to trust these people who themselves do not do everything that is written in the book of the law? Or are you going to trust in Christ? Yes, it will lead to persecution. Yes, it is difficult because there is no visible manifestation that you have now uh, been converted to a believer, as in with the males being circumcised. But what you have in Christ is precious. Don't Turn away from it, Paul is saying here. Don't run to something which may appear easy at first glance and forsake Christ and his work for you. Don't turn away from faith into suspicious strategies in order to be adopted into God's family. I was going to preach 
from a different passage this morning because of, of the conversation we're having later on at the church. But the more I looked at it, it's the more relevant. I, uh, the more I looked at chapter 6, it's the more relevant it, it became. The more I saw that this call to live by faith, this call to trust in Him, this call to embrace the path, even though it may be difficult, is very relevant for us as you think about our church and about our church going forward. It's a big temptation to take the easy path, to do the easy thing. Probably the easiest would be, I don't know, it's closed down. That would be the easiest. But what you're seeing with the church in Galatia, Paul encouraging believers again and again to not go for the easier path, to take the narrow road filled with suffering, filled with uh, uncertainties, and to continue to trust in him, to act out of faith and not to act out of fear. We need to hear that. I need to hear that every Sunday. I need to hear that at every point of discouragement when with a Bible study and no one shows up for that Bible study. I need to hear that. And we need to hear that as the church. That our boast and our reliance is in Christ alone. That our hope is in Him. And we are called to be faithful to Him, to continue to trust in Him and not take the easy way. And you are called, as we see here, as we, as we have seen here, to remember what has been done for us in Christ. To remember the crucified Messiah and what he purchased for us at the cross. And to not take that cheaply. Let us pray and ask God to, to help us with that. Heavenly Father, we are challenged this morning by what you've said to the church in Galatia. To persevere in faith despite suffering. To not be deceived by false teachers who are calling them to take the easy way out. But to continue in faith. Help us, Lord, to believe that as Christ's son. Help us to continue to look to Christ, our Savior, our hope. And help us this morning as we talk about the next steps for our church, about next year, that we may not neglect the important thing. 
the calls to faith and obedience to you, Lord. Help us to see what Christ has done for us. And not only see perhaps the suffering, the difficulty. I pray and ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.